1: <laughs> I am excited about being back home. I've uh, been away for two weeks old vacation and uh, I was almost backslidden, but I came back in the nick of time. No, I don't want to talk about gators. Uh, so, uh, but how, how good is this? You go on vacation for two weeks, and when you get back, you find out people have been saved. Turn their hearts over to the Lord. That, that's just awesome. That's just awesome. That's the way it should be uh, in church. And I'm excited to be a part of River of Life Church and what God is doing here during these days. And I believe these are some very special days in which we are living and serving our Lord and worshiping. Uh, for just a few moments today, I want us to go back to the book of Malachi, We've been in a study going all the way through the book of Malachi, and we're about halfway through now, and since it's been several Sundays since we've dealt with the book, let me just refresh your memory and let you know where we are at this point. In our first message in the book of Malachi, God says, I love you. I have always loved you. That's what the prophet Malachi said to the nation of Israel, I love you. They didn't think God loved them, but God was reassuring them that he actually did love them, even though they could not imagine it and they couldn't see it. Uh, In our second message in Malachi, we learn this, that God is worthy of worship. And not just going through the motions, not just a ritual, uh, not not just uh, uh, going through the actions of worship, but real, genuine worship, where you worship the Lord with everything in you. The third message that we looked at in the book of Malachi was this. God wants your heart. He wants your whole heart. He wants the deepest part of who you are as an individual. And you can't serve God with a divided heart. You can't serve Him and you can't please Him. If your heart is divided, God says, I want your heart. The fourth message in the book of Malachi was this, and that is marriage must be seen as sacred. I want your marriage. That's what God says through the prophet Malachi. I do not want you to deal treacherously with your spouse. Those, that's the very word that's used in the book of Malachi. You see, marriage is a sacred institution. It is a divine, holy covenant that must be honored. And then, the fifth thing that we saw in the book of Malachi is this. God says, I want your words. I want your words to line up with my words. Did you know that God wants your words to line up with his words? And we are to never, ever, ever call evil good and good evil. If God says something it's wrong, we have to agree with God's words. We should never say anything that would cause a person who's living in sin to think that God is pleased with that and He looks favorably upon that. Now, that's what we've studied thus far. Today we come to a, a brand new message. And I have to tell you, this is where the book of Malachi really starts getting excited. Man, this is exciting what you're going to hear about today. What Malachi says to them is this. That after all of that, he's pointed out all these things that were wrong. And then he said, he's coming to save you. The Savior is coming to save you. Now, I'm going to read from Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. We'll just read one verse. He says he's coming to save you. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. You see, for thousands of years, they had heard the prophecies that there would come a day when a child would be born, when a son would be given, and he would be a special child, he would be a special son, and his name would be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, meaning that which he starts on earth, of the increase of his government, it will never end. He's coming. And when he comes, he'll start something that will never, ever end. And the prophet is saying to them, he's coming. Behold he's coming. Now I got to tell you this is some real good news for the nation of Israel and for us also. You see up to this point he's really been chastising them. He says you've misunderstood the love of God. You don't really understand God's love. You don't know that God loves you. He he says you you've you've messed up worship. You've turned worship into a ritual something that's meaningless. And by the way, that happens in churches all over America. It's just a ritual that people go through. Uh, Your hearts are divided. Your hearts are chasing after things that you shouldn't be chasing after. You've made a mess out of marriage. Has Has America made a mess out of marriage? My goodness, you've made a mess out of marriage and the marriage covenant. And then, how about this? You're saying things that you should never say. You're saying things that completely disagree with God and His Word. But then He says, in spite of all that, in spite of everything you've done wrong, in spite of all of that, He's coming to save you. The messenger of the covenant, He's coming. The one whom you seek for, He is coming. The one in whom you delight, He is coming. You see, their entire lives, even though they'd messed everything else up, their entire lives, they had this hope, this dream, this conviction that a superhero would show up, that a Savior would come, that a Redeemer would show up. Somebody would come who would deliver them from their enemies. And the prophet of God says... He's coming. This is a breath of fresh air. This is good news. He has really been blistering them up to this point. But he says, but the one whom you seek for, he's coming. The Lord is coming. And when he shows up, he will arrive on the scene suddenly. He's coming suddenly. Now, that's what I want us to talk about this morning for a few moments. That word really captured my attention. The fact that he's coming, and he's coming to save you, and he's coming suddenly. Did you know that the Bible uses the word suddenly a lot? I was not aware of that until I started doing some research, but it uses the word suddenly a lot. And, and, and the only thing I can think of is this, is the biblical writer's Injected the word suddenly to make the Bible interesting and intriguing, or actually the Holy Spirit inspired them to use that word because we needed to know something about our God. I don't believe anything's in the Bible just by coincidence, do you? I believe holy men of God wrote the Word of God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, don't you? And we find these suddenlies all over the Bible. If you go back into the book of of Daniel. Daniel, the great man of God. Daniel was praying. He had really been interceding. He was going to God in prayer. And listen to what Daniel says. These are his words. Daniel said, And suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. Now, it wasn't a man. If a man stood before him, he'd have said, A man stood before me. But he was praying and then suddenly... Suddenly, one stood before me who had the, the appearance of a man. An angel was there before him. Some of you have had some angel experiences. You've told me about them. That's a pretty wonderful suddenly, isn't it? And, and then I, I thought about Ezekiel. Ezekiel had a suddenly. God lifted him up and put him down in the valley full of dry bones. And uh, God said to Ezekiel, preach to the dry bones. I, I thought I'd preached to some dead churches before, but this kind of takes the cake right here. Preach to the dry bones. Ezekiel said he did it. He obeyed God and he began to preach. And then these are the words of Ezekiel. Listen. Listen to what Ezekiel said. Ezekiel said, and suddenly there was a rattling and a shaking. And bones begin to come together. Wow. Wow, preachers dream of that kind of suddenly, I'm telling you. We dream of right in the middle of a sermon, that which is dead comes to life, and God begins to move and blow in the house, and things happen, and an army was raised up in front of Ezekiel. What an amazing suddenly. On the night that our Lord was born, The shepherds were in the field, and an angel appeared unto them. That almost scared them to death. And then the Bible says, this is their words, this is what the shepherds said. The shepherds said, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host singing and praising God and glorifying God. Where did they come from? They weren't there just a moment ago. There's just one angel a moment ago. And now the heavenly host. Can you imagine seeing the heavens filled with angels? What a suddenly. Uh, you, you see, it's all through the Bible. All through the Bible. On the day of Pentecost, after our Lord had ascended back into glory, He sent His disciples and His followers back into Jerusalem to pray and to wait. They did exactly what He told them to do. They're praying. Listen to their words. They said, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. And we were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Whoo! Man! That's a good suddenly, isn't it? Yeah, you can take that one. Yeah. Just where they're praying. By the way, it didn't happen instantly. They'd been praying for days and days and days. But then suddenly, God showed up. I, one of my favorite suddenlies is uh, Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. Man, they've been beaten. They're in pain. They're, they're in chains and stocks. Uh, it's at midnight We were singing a while ago, talking about singing and praising God in the middle of the storm. They were right in the middle of the storm, and they were singing and praising God. It was midnight, and listen to what they said. These are their words. They said, and suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And the foundation of the prison began to shake, and the doors opened, and the chains fell off, and we were all set free. I mean one moment bleeding and in pain and in chains and behind bars and the next moment suddenly. Suddenly. God shows up. And and I, I hope you'll do this. Run the references on the suddenlies in the Bible. You start getting the idea that God really likes to show up Suddenly. That's just His mode of operation. God likes to show up suddenly. God likes to surprise us. My wife likes surprises. God likes to give surprises. God likes to show up and surprise us. He likes to show up sometimes when we least expect Him. Can I tell you that nothing has changed? Really, He's the same God as it was back then. Every person, this very day, who gets saved, they get saved suddenly. That's the way it works. I'm not saying there's not a journey. I'm not saying there's not some witnessing going on. But when it happens, it happens, and it happens suddenly. God touches their heart and changes that heart when a miracle takes place it takes place suddenly you may have been praying for it you may have had others praying for you but when it happens when God steps in on the scene it happens suddenly when the Lord comes to us he comes to us suddenly that's the way it works uh I was so hungry to get back in church After my vacation, my wife and I came to the little prayer meeting that uh, Andre leads wherever he is in the house. Andre, there you are, he leads it. And I didn't know they did this, but they put chairs right up here at the altar. And we came in, there was a sweet, sweet spirit here. And we prayed, and there was laughter, and there was fellowship, and it was enjoyable. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God just came into that little meeting right there. Oh, I, I don't even I don't even understand it. I I don't know how I don't know how it works. But God shows up suddenly. I'm just asking you today. You know sometimes we get so theological. Sometimes we we get so buried in all of this that we don't apply it to our lives. I'm just asking you. Wouldn't you really love to have some suddenlies in your life? Wh- wouldn't you like to? experience a suddenly where the doctor gives you a report that you didn't expect. And you know what it is. You know it was God. Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love to be surprised by a financial blessing or a financial breakthrough and just know it was God that did it? Wouldn't you like to be surprised by a touch from heaven on you and your family where God does something real special in that house and you know it was God? Young people, are you listening to me? Wouldn't you love to be surprised by meeting the love of your life and knowing that God had orchestrated the whole thing? That God brought you together? Guys, this would be a good time for you to punch your wives and say, that's what God did with us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Wouldn't you love? Wouldn't you love to receive an answer to prayer that you've been praying for many, many years? And then all of a sudden, there it is. The answer comes. And you know it's God. I'm, I'm trying to stir you up a little bit this morning to get you to understand how God operates and what you could be experiencing. Wouldn't you like to experience something, anything, for which the only explanation is God? God stepped in. God did this. I I want to tell you, we are a church... And we are a nation standing in need of a suddenly from heaven where God steps on the scene and God does something that no man can do, no singer can do, no person can do, but it is God. We, we, we need that. I've been on my knees multiple times praying for all of you. Praying for every member of of river of life. And this is what I've been praying. I've been praying, God, give them a suddenly. Give them a suddenly, Lord. Lord, I know them and I love them, but they're just like me. They're in need of a suddenly. They're in need of you doing something supernatural in their lives. I've been praying for us as a church, as a whole, as a as a corporate body, that we would start experiencing some sudden ways. Now. Perhaps there's somebody here today, and you say, Well, Pastor, that sounds well and good. I just don't feel worthy of a suddenly. Well, maybe I need to remind you of the context of the message. You don't think God loves you, you've made a mockery out of worship, your heart is far away from God, you've messed up the covenant of marriage. You've been saying things that don't line up with God's Word at all. And yet, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly... Show up. This is not about whether you're worthy of it. This is about understanding that no matter if you were worthy, you can't change your circumstances, but there's a Savior who wants to move in your life. He wants to touch you, and He wants to suddenly show up and change things in your life. And do it in such a way that He gets the honor and the glory. Now, if we could just fast forward that whole thing to our very day. I'm really trying... To, I, I, I preached at a church one time in view of a call, and a lady told me she voted for me to come to the church, and, and I said, uh, why would you vote for me? And she said, because my daughter wanted me to vote for you. I said, how your daughter? She said, she's in the third grade. <laughs> I said, uh, so your daughter... She said, yeah, I figured that if any preacher gets up there for a third grader can understand them, that's probably the preacher we need. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm serious. I said this. I'm not making this up. I said, well, ma'am, I preach on a third grade level. <laughs> so so I, I'm just trying to bring it up to modern, modern times. If you don't know anything about the love of God, you've just messed everything up. If you're a million miles away from God, if your words have been foul, the covenant of marriage has been broken. Everything's wrong. I got some good news for you. He's coming to save you. He's coming. He's coming for you. He's coming to turn your life around. He's coming for you. Those are not my words, those are His words. Those are the words of the Savior Himself. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, the Son of Man did not come into the world to save those who think they're righteous, but He has come into the world to seek those who know they're sinners and need to repent. That's what Jesus said. So I'm praying for you to have a suddenly. I'm I'm praying for River of Life to start having some more suddenlies. And we should have some suddenlies around here. You know why we should have some suddenlies around here? I'm going to give you a reason why we should be having more suddenlies around here. Because this church was birthed out of a suddenly. It was. You see, years ago, things were just fine in my life. They were humming just well. Woo. I mean I was on autopilot. I was pastoring a good church, good people. We were just so good and so righteous. Oh we were so proud of ourselves. We were the best of the best. Everything was lovely. I had a good salary. I had a good church. They told me every Sunday I was the greatest pastor in the world and I believed them. I mean it was all wonderful. Wonderful. And then a revival broke out in West Florida. I should have known better. But they kept encouraging me to go to that revival. They said, if you'll go to this revival, man, God will touch your life. And I thought, well, I want God to touch me. And I went to that revival. Thousands of people there. I thought I could blend in with the crowd. When God is on your trail... You don't blend in. It won't work. And Steve Hill, the evangelist, walked up to me. And when he walked up to me, he laid his hands on my head. And he started praying for me. And then it happened. Something suddenly happened to me. You say, Pastor, what was it? I don't know. But I know it happened suddenly. And I suddenly found myself on the floor. I suddenly found myself having experience with God. And I wasn't the only one. There were members of this church, many members of this church that experienced the same suddenly. That suddenly we started believing in a deeper way than ever before. Suddenly, we started believing that there was more of God than we had experienced in the past. Suddenly, we started feeling the fires of revival stirring within our hearts. We we experienced God, and it happened suddenly. We tried. We tried to go back to normal. Well, I don't know that that was normal, but we tried to go back to whatever it was we had. And i got to tell you, if you have a strong enough, suddenly, you can't ever go back to what you were. And so we knew we'd been changed. We knew it was different. And by the way, that caused a lot of trouble. There are folks in this county that still don't like you and me. Because we had a suddenly. And, and it caused a lot of trouble. But I'm telling you, out of that suddenly and out of that trouble river of life was birthed and we're in the center of the county because God suddenly showed up and did something marvelous and miraculous. And I'm so glad He did. So, so we were born out of a suddenly. We should be having some suddenlies. Yeah. Yeah, you say, oh, pastor, you're scaring me now. Things are going to go crazy and people are going to get weird. We're already weird, people. You don't know it, but there are people who come from other churches and they think we're weird. And it's okay. It's okay. But we should be, we should be having some sudden... Are you having some suddenlies in your life? Are you having some suddenlies? Hey, I had a suddenly. I need, I need some water. I've done preached my throat dry. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I had a suddenly about a month ago, actually, it started about six months ago. I received a letter from the government saying I owed them $9,000. And it's hard to argue with the government. But they said I owed them $9,000 and I read three or four pages of why they told me I owed them $9,000. Here's the thing, I knew they were wrong. I knew I did not owe them $9,000. I knew they had messed some figures up and I went back and checked my income tax return. I checked everything and they were just wrong. I did not owe them the money. And I thought, well, what am I going to do here? And so I decided... Rather than hire a lawyer or do anything like that, I decided that I would prepare my own case. And I I got all my figures together and I got all my paperwork and I got income tax forms, I got receipts. I mean, I got it all laid out on my desk. And then I I got it all ordered and I, I put a sheet there and I explained to them step by step how they had made a mistake and how I was right and how they were wrong. And, and there was just, I was so proud of myself for what I had done. I, I looked down, really, I mean, I had made a convincing case. I thought to myself, I should have been a lawyer. But then I realized I had been saved. Yeah, and it wouldn't work out for me to be. No. <laughs> hey, don't, don't we love to pick on lawyers? We do, but I know some lawyers that love Jesus and are serving Him faithfully. Uh, but anyway, so I got it all together, and I didn't just send it to the government. I sent it with a registered le- I mean, it was registered. I mean, I had it all together. It was laid out. I sent it, and I felt so good about it when I mailed it, and I thought, man, this is, this is it. I don't, I don't have to worry about this anymore. They'll send me a letter and tell me I'm correct. A little, uh, the letter was dated October the 20th. I probably got it a few days after that. I received a letter from the federal government that says we have reviewed your case one more time based on the information you've sent, and we still stand with our first conclusion you owe us $9,000. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, how can that be? Why can't they see that they've just made a terrible mistake? And i got to tell you, for three days, I moped around. For three days, I whined. And I didn't do it out loud, but my spirit was whining. I was moping. I was sad. I was depressed. What do I do? I don't want to hire a lawyer. I don't want to do this, but I don't want to pay them $9,000. Three days, I went through that kind of mully grubs. And I pulled into my driveway one day, cut my truck off, and I sat there, and I said, God... You're the God of all creation. There's nothing too hard for you. And if I'm right, and I'm convinced I'm right, if I'm right, I need you to go to bat for me. I need you, God, to step in on the scene and take care of this. And that heaviness just left me. And I remember feeling better just saying that prayer. And I opened the door of my truck, walked straight out to the mailbox, and I opened up the mailbox... And there's another letter from the federal government. And the moment, I, the moment I held it in my hand, I knew I knew something was up. And I opened it up and the first thing I saw was October 23rd. The first letter came on October the 20th telling me I owed them $9,000. And then this letter three days later from the time I prayed in my truck to the time I got to the mailbox, I opened it up and basically the letter said, you do not know us, owe us $9,000, you owe us $177. Suddenly, suddenly God shows up. And I'm convinced that the Lord wanted me to go through that to let me know that when I've done the best, when I've used all the skills I have, when I've done the very best I could do and failed, suddenly He can show up. He can do something. I'm asking you as a church... To do something that will change your life, change your family, and change this whole church. Will you start expecting God to do the unexpected? Would you do that? Would you start believing the Lord? Believing in the Lord, the Lord that you love, the Lord you worship, the Lord you seek. Would you start believing that He will show up and suddenly do great things in our midst? the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to His temple. That's what it says. And can I tell you that the enemy does not want you to believe in the suddenlies of God? He doesn't want you to believe in that. The enemy does not want you to believe that God can suddenly change your life or suddenly solve a major problem or suddenly bail you out financially or suddenly heal your body or suddenly restore your marriage or suddenly bring a prodigal child home. He doesn't want you to believe that. You know why? Because there's a direct correlation between believing in God and experiencing the suddenlies of God. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you believe in Me, all things are possible to those who believe. Say it with me, all things. All things are possible to those who believe in God. See, there's a correlation there. And if you forget everything I've said today, I want you to remember this: When you start believing in God, suddenly start happening. I'm trying to finish because I know we've got baptism. Go ahead, somebody clap. Just one person. (laughs) The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to His temple. Now, in their minds, they believed that there would come a time when the Savior, the Messiah, would arrive at the, the temple of Israel. Their beautiful, glorious temple. And I'm not saying it doesn't mean that, but I'm saying that's a very narrow interpretation according to the Apostle Paul. You know what Paul said? Paul basically taught, you can read it for yourself, that God does not live in a building made with hands. He doesn't live in a building made with hands. He doesn't live in brick and mortar buildings. You are the temple of God. Your body is the temple of God. You are His temple. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to His temple. You see, friends, when we start believing, the Lord starts visiting the temple and He shows up. And He does great things. I want to make a confession to you. It is real easy for me, and I bet it is for you too, it is real easy for me, if I'm not careful, real careful, it is real easy for me to slip into a season of unbelief. And when I slip into that season of unbelief, I go through the motions, I sing the songs, I preach the sermons, I do all the things I've done in the past, but that deep down conviction of belief, I slip into a season of unbelief, and I have to work hard at not slipping into unbelief. Maybe you have to do the same. But I'm encouraging you today, make up your mind that you believe and trust in a God who loves to show up suddenly. Would you bow with me in prayer?
0: Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.